Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. everyone and welcome back. If you listened to last week's episode with Marietta Crawford talking about LinkedIn, you probably already know that the theme of this month, March, is clean up aisle five, which means that we're talking about all things tidying up, sprucing up, cleaning up our acts, but all without the embarrassment, shame, blame, shoulds, and need tos that can sometimes come with cleaning up. Uh, One place I think that a lot of us experience a lot of shoulds and need tos are social media. And if you don't know me already and what I do for a living, I'm going to fill you in really quick. I am a content writer, which means that I write all of the things for social media, email marketing, websites, and such. Um, And so, of course, I'm a firm believer in using social media and the content that we share on it to act as a bridge between us and our potential clients. Most of my clients rely actually quite heavily on social media to get the content that I write them out into the world. And so... Social media is not only how I pay my mortgage, it is also I've seen it work for me and my clients over and over and over again. So I am a social media believer. Um, And she built this, which is not only the podcast you're listening to right now, it's also an online community. It relies quite heavily on social media to stay connected and informed with one another, learn about each other's businesses, and really make some powerful relationships. So Not only do I use social media to make money, I'm also running a group in which 1,700 other women entrepreneurs do too. And that said, I I still believe in it, Um, but I am guilty of and get sucked into all of the negatives that come with social media sometimes too. I worry whether or not what I'm sharing is landing. I worry whether or not I'm sharing too much or too little or too often or not often enough. I worry that people don't like me. I get sucked into feeling behind and less than. I get distracted by flashy reels and I compare myself to everyone and their mother depending on the day. But I have to remember and we have to remember that social media truly is just a tool. It is a tool to create community, connection, build bridges and relationships and share who we are and what we're all about. And so I think that you're going to find a lot of value in this episode if you struggle with some of those negative aspects of social media too. Because Shannon, my guest, is really going to help to remind us of all of this and help to take out that feeling like it's all just hustle, bustle, and grind, and you have to uh, somehow gauge your level of success with what other people are showing you that it is. She gives really practical tips and tangibles. She encourages us to take action no matter what phase our business and growth we're in. And we have a lot of fun talking about how this powerful tool for getting our businesses more visibility and traction can be used um, in a way that's very simple and authentic to you and your brand and business. And 
I know it's not very Emily Aborn-like to have such a short and sweet intro. I know some of you will be rejoicing over this fact that it's so short, and others will be saying we wanted more cowbell. But I was actually working on a little spring cleaning project of my own a couple weeks ago, and I started batch editing a bunch of my podcasts back in February, and I put together a whole bunch of them all at once for once. And it's funny because in this episode, I actually talk about how I don't actually do that with my content as often as I would like to. But I actually was feeling so inspired after this uh, editing this podcast that I decided to go ahead and do that. And I would really love to be able to um, sit back and enjoy some of the warm weather and be outside a little bit more. So I'm kind of like motivated to get ahead. So without further ado, here is to cleaning up our acts on social media, getting rid of a lot of the things that hold us back and keep us stuck with Shannon Giordano. She will tell you that she's not a digital native but she loves social media when it's used for good, to connect us, to share authentically, and to build relationships. She's passionate about helping business owners and entrepreneurs build a strategy to share their products and services online with the goal of getting the best ROI from social media marketing. What gets Shannon out of bed in the morning, other than her three-year-old Chinook Gracie and the need to get her kids up for school, is helping business owners and entrepreneurs build the social media communities they dream of. And if you want a fun fact, I'm a fan of fun facts, Shannon's dog Gracie actually has her own Instagram. So I hope you enjoy this interview, and I hope that you feel inspired to take action, reach out to Shannon, and embrace leveraging the power of all of these tools we have right at our fingertips. Hi, Shannon, and welcome to the She Built This podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. Uh, Before we get into your story and how you got started. I saw a post on your Instagram yesterday where you said, do you say rabbit rabbit at the beginning of the month? And I don't know what that means. So I need to know what that means. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. It's, um, it's an odd superstition or tradition, uh, where, and I had to look this up yesterday to see where it came from. It came from England a long time ago, a hundred years ago, 200 years ago. But basically it was, if you, the way that it played out for me is if you say rabbit, rabbit, as the first thing that you say out loud on the first day of the month, it will bring good things that month. Oh my goodness. I'll make sure I'll make sure to do that March 1st. (laughs) Well, I have never managed it because what happens is I, even on my own, like I got up yesterday and I went downstairs to make coffee. My boys were sleeping. My husband was sleeping and my dog was there and I just started in on talking to Gracie. It's like, Oh darn. (laughs) That's funny. Okay. So speaking of Gracie, um, in your, in your own words, I read your bio before you joined us, but in your own words, why don't you tell us who you are, what you do, but also a little bit about um, how you got started actually building it. Um, yeah, sure. So yeah, I am, I would call myself a social media strategist. I work with women business owners and entrepreneurs to really look at what they're doing, how they're building their audience, how to engage with people, how to create a social media strategy and presence that 
makes your life easier as a business owner, but also allows you to have the conversations you really want to have. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about this, but I really do feel like there are ways to use social media for evil and there are ways to use it for good. And the good ways outweigh the bad ways. And it just in how we use it as a tool in our toolbox. Mm-hmm. Um, I have worked in marketing for years in product development and marketing at, at a financial institution and um, I was getting, I wouldn't say bored, but I was a little tired of the corporate grind. And I really had this whole feeling that there's a way to do really good and interesting work and not have to be away from my house and my family 12 to 15 hours a day, which is the way that it was netting out. So I started moonlighting. So I started doing social media work for free, uh, probably one, two, three, four, five, almost five years before I left my corporate job. So I just, you know, I met this woman in a LinkedIn group and she had started a company called Fertility Planet and I had been through infertility. So I thought these are my people. I know exactly what the tone of voice should be. I know what I would have wanted to hear, how I would want to talk to people. Um, or have been, you know, spoken with, because when I went through it, there wasn't social media. Um, my boys were born, I think, the same year that Facebook was born. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just kind of cut my teeth by by building other people's social media presences. At the point at that point in time in 2008, 2009, Instagram wasn't even a thing yet. So it was Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And I built Fertility Planet to a degree where by 2013, I had a number of people come to me and say, hey, I saw what you did for Fertility Planet. Will you do it for me? I'll pay you. And so that's the point at which I left my corporate job and sort of hung my own shingle. Wow, you're like a social media original. I think you might have even had it before me then because I don't think I got it until 2000 and uh, maybe like 2005, 2006. But um Okay. I do need to know also where the name serendipity comes from because I love that word. Yeah. You know, I love the word too. And I, I just, I love the idea of a happy accident, which is also kind of funny because good social media strategy is not a happy accident. It's definitely planned. But I do think that there are so many happy accidents along the way in life. And I love the feeling that if you put good out in the world, good comes back to you. So that's where, I mean, just my love of the word serendipity. And then I like the alliteration of serendipity social. And I thought that it kind of, you know, was like a fun way to, to create a, a, a brand. Yeah. And, and it is a lot of strategy, of course, but I think sometimes, you know, you have to try a lot of different things and be willing to, to step out of the box a little bit. And sometimes things just are happy accidents. Like sometimes something will land and I'm like, well, I just threw that up there. You know, I wasn't, I didn't strategize it or plan it. So I like it. And I think that there's a place for happy accidents, even in a strategy. I think so too. Absolutely. And I think that just to your point, sometimes you can really go in sort of to analysis paralysis around what you're trying to share with the world. And then if you just jump in and share something and it resonates well, you had no idea that that was going to be the thing. And, you know, lo and behold, there it was. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so to this point, um, you and I have both been through a lot of iterations of our business. And we've just been kind of like, I know that, you know, as I listened to you on a couple other podcasts, I was like, wow, her journey evolved a lot like mine did. So now that you kind of are like sinking your teeth into what you love, how does it feel to be in your genius zone and operating from there versus when you first started? 
Yeah, you know, it's it's it feels so good. I mean, honestly, it feels wonderful. Um, it also feels easy. It doesn't mean that everything that I do is easy, but it just feels like right, you know. Um, but that's not to say that I didn't value all the stuff that I did to get to this place. I mean, I spent the better part of the last 10 years logged in as my clients, you know, kind of implementing the strategy that I thought that they should have based on their marketing goals, their business goals, what they were trying to do with their business. And then I crafted the content and the posts and all that stuff. So I was really, you know, sort of hiding behind the login. I mean, I wasn't, you know, putting myself out on social media very much at all. I was constantly doing that for clients. And then, I had been longing for more, longing for a new way to interact. And I really didn't know what that was. I was working with a business coach in 2019. And then, you know, she was really pushing me to look at passive income streams and other ways I could interact. And when COVID hit in 2020, I had a few speaking engagements that went virtual. And out of the blue, you know, five or six women came to me and said, hey, I can't pay you to do my social, but do you have a coaching or consultation program? And I was like yes. And I totally did not. Um, <laughs> but I knew what I wanted to tell them. I just had to figure out how to package it, how to, you know, if I felt like all of a sudden the universe, it was all aligning that, oh my gosh, here's the thing that I really wanted to do. And it was a great learning experience for me running all kinds of different group and private programs in 2020. But it also required me to shine a light on myself and realize that I could not hide behind my clients' logins anymore. I needed to put myself out there as well, which was, you know, I call it a visibility hangover, right? Where you kind of put some, you put your, your innermost thoughts out there about your business and what you love and what you're passionate about. And then sometimes people, it resonates really well with them and they love it. And then sometimes you hear crickets and you think, oh my gosh, I'm going to hide under a rock. So it really required me to put myself in the shoes of all the people that I'm trying to work with right now. So I could kind of help them figure out the same things that I had to figure out along the way. Yeah. And I do think that as we butt up to what is most like what is most meaningful to us, it starts to like you do start to feel a little bit of that um, friction at first until you kind of like sink into it. Like it's almost like I, I want to say imposter syndrome, but that term is kind of overused. But it is sort of like this feeling like, ah, what am I really doing here? <laughs> Right, right. Like yeah. you walk up to it and then you think, oh, no, 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 I yep. can't do that. No. And then you yep. have to go, you know, sit with it for a minute and then you come back and go, oh, yeah, yes, I can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. So what do you tell me like what you love about social media, but also I'm going to need to know your pet peeves, like what you dislike most about social media. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'll go for the dislike first to get it out of the way. And I think there's, you know, social media can be very superficial, right? It can be, you have this fear of missing out. You have, uh, you know, looking at what other people are doing and constantly thinking they must be doing it better than you. You have, you know, people whose kids are perfect because they're scoring perfect grades at school, or you have, you know, a friend that's a, a business owner like you, that's just rocking it. And so you have all these feelings that if you, internalize them can make you feel really bad about yourself. And certainly there are studies with Instagram and other platforms about how this is affecting teen girls and all of that. So I think that in, in order to combat that, I have to continually remind myself that social media is a tool in the toolbox and it is not life. Like it is not everything. So, you know, how to get around all of that, that's a constant navigation we all have to make our way through. But on the flip side, I feel like social media is such a great way to connect with people. There's two great benefits to it. One is 
you know, building a community around yourself of people who like you, know you, trust you from a business perspective, love you, cheer you on, whether they're buying your products and services or not, can't wait to hear the next thing out of your mouth or what you're going to say next on a video or on a post. Um, And so that's wonderful. And then the other side is it's a place for people who don't know you yet to find you and where you can share what makes you special, what differentiates you from someone else who does the same kind of work you do. So it's that storytelling content. So I think it's a great connector of people. And I think that um, the way that we use it, that's how, how we kind of get around that using it for good or evil, just continually thinking about how can I use this for the good, for my own personal good, my mental health, but also for, for the good of my company, my business, how can I share what I'm passionate about in my real life and take that to my online audience? Um, do you have any, like, do you have like a number one tip when it comes to avoiding some of that comparison trap when you see what other people are posting on social media? Because yes, I know it's affecting teenagers and young people and it also affects us, you know, like Mm -hmm. you see somebody making and, and what is success really? You see somebody successful quote unquote, but it's like, that doesn't really mean anything to me (laughs) because their success is not necessarily my definition of success. Yeah, you know, I think sometimes the best thing you can do is to take a step away, right, to not be looking at social media 24-7 and to take breaks, to, you know, walk outside, to have a gratitude practice, to meditate, to remind yourself of your special gifts, um, and to remind yourself of what success really feels like. And so for some people, it can be a a dollar amount that you made that month. Other people, it can feel that, you know, your your kids are healthy and happy and they're doing really really well, or, you know, kind of using those touchstones to come back to what's really important in life. And often those things are happening not online. And I think it's okay to take a little step away every once in a while. We don't have to be online 24 hours a day. Um, Don't tell that to my two 17-year-old sons. They don't believe that's true, but I believe Uh it's true. Yeah. And I think it's the same with our businesses. We can get so embroiled in what we're doing in our businesses that we just need to remember like life exists outside of that too. So that's a great tip. Um, Where do you hear entrepreneurs that you work with struggling most with their social media marketing strategy? I constantly hear the two C's, content and consistency. So it's that you know, I'm, I'm worn out. I don't have creative content ideas. I don't know what to do. I sit down at my computer and I can't figure out what to say. I have nothing brilliant to say. I don't have any good content or I have so much content, but it doesn't seem to be the right content because I'm sharing content all the time and no one's reacting to it. So, and the second one is consistency. So, you know, showing up and consistency can mean different things to different people. Some people, it might mean showing up seven days a week. Some people it's three times a week. Sometimes it's multiple times a day or different times a day. It's just those those two components are the two foundational components of a great strategy. Yeah. I'd love to hear your, I, I believe that it's more important to be consistent than it is like your consistency is more important than your frequency or quantity. So I think that if you are going to post three times a week, post three times a week. If you're going to post seven times a day, post seven times a day, but choose a consistency that works for you and stick with it because people come to know rely and trust on that consistency as well. Um, So I'd love to hear if you agree or disagree with that. 
No, I absolutely agree. Because I think sometimes people that are the most harried or the most fearful about social media is they feel like all the platforms are free. They should be on all the platforms. They should be posting multiple times a day. They should have a brilliant thing to say every single time they post. And so they do nothing. And then, you know, in reality, what you need is you need a replicable process. You need to have a strategy that sets you up for success and makes people hungry for more of what you're going to talk about. And often that's not the person that's posting three times a day, seven days a week. So I know content is the other one you brought up. Um, how do you help people to set up that content strategy and pull out the content that is either already inside of them or that they already have? Like, where do you kind of start with that? Yeah. So, it, you know, it, it can be different for different people and it really depends on the person, but I think it's coming up with a consistent practice. So whether it's that you're going to time block two hours every week to plan your own marketing, what, maybe Sunday afternoon, Monday morning, Friday afternoon for the next week, whatever it is, in that time is your time and you don't give it away to another client. You don't give it away to people that you're working in your business for. You, you keep it that it's time that you're working on your business. And then once you have that time it's you know really giving yourself like space and grace to think of interesting and fun things and sometimes you know like if, for instance if i sat down on monday morning and i had no idea what i was talking about i would put that aside and i would start working in my business on client work that's going to pay me money but if i spend you know, uh, a day when there's no skin in the game for me, like my, my marketing's already done for this week, but I'm going to spend Tuesday afternoon from two to four. And I'm going to talk about the next 12 weeks. I'm going to write themes for those 12 weeks about what I'm going to talk about. Those are going to become my emails, my blog posts, and my social media posts underneath those. So it's kind of you know, doing it at a time when you know you have some creative energy, you have some juice left, and planning things out for multiple weeks at a time. And I don't mean, you know, scheduling out 25 posts. I do mean thinking about, you know, okay, this week I'm going to talk about what it's like to start a new month fresh. And then, then when I sit down to write the posts, I have a theme in mind and I know what I'm going to talk about. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on like, I think that there are people, there are schools of thought that are like, sit down and po schedule out 25, your whole month in one go. And I'm like, that is not for me. I can't, I just can't. Like, I like to come up with my ideas, you know, relatively uh, timely. So like that week, and I don't like to plan that far ahead. <laughs> so I know. And I think that that worked a lot better before COVID too, because we used to all talk about having a monthly plan and then COVID hit and there's a lot of political unrest and there are things changing in our environment constantly. And so I think you have to be as a business owner, you have to be a little cautious about how far you plan out, but you can plan out things like, I know on Tuesday, I'm going to give some sort of a business tip. And I know yeah. on Thursday, I'm going to do some sort of a fun, funny factoid or meme or so. But I, I totally agree with you. I would not plan out a month's worth of content because you may change your mind con you know, considerably about what you want to talk about. I will say one thing that I, you know, that I do and also I find really beneficial for my clients is having those evergreen posts that you can just pull out when you're not feeling inspired or you don't have anything to say. Like you have that post ready to go that you can just grab and and share. Um, and it's something that is like tried and true, always going to be applicable to your business in that time. So those I love. And I think that, I mean, that's part of what I do is help people create like a ton of evergreen stuff. Mm. Um, so that's one, that's one like caveat I would say to that is I just think that like sometimes 
and and you know rinsing reusing and recycling things that we've already created is also a great way to overcome some of that if you're experiencing a block I totally agree. I think having evergreen posts is so important. And then to your point about reusing, I mean, if you look at engagement analytics, which we all should be doing, that's sort of the third part of the the strategy process, right? It's creating great content, it's being consistent, and it's understanding your engagement. And say you see a post and only a certain, you can see how many followers saw that particular post. And so you can say to yourself, well, gosh, if only a quarter of my followers saw it, I should share that post again and share it at a different time of day on a different day of the week and maybe mix up the photograph that I used or the graphic that I used. So I'm all for sharing the same post multiple times and you just kind of tweak it a little bit. Yeah, agreed. You brought up uh, the algorithm. And so I want to get into some of these little practicals and tacticals that I don't know very much about. Um, It feels to me like the algorithm is constantly changing and making it so that our visibility is decreased. Um, So what are some of the things that you're seeing? Like I know that the uh, Instagram feed, for example, the way that they're setting that up is changing and that might decrease some of your visibility. So what are some of the changes that you're seeing and the ways we can kind of not hack the algorithm, but use them to our advantage to make sure that we're still getting the visibility that we want. Yeah. I mean, I, the best thing that you can do is find a way to stay up to date on the things that are coming down the pike you know, the things that are changing because Facebook and Instagram, all the platforms are always ever changing. And the way that something worked yesterday may not be the way that it works today. And there are lots of ways to do that. You can be parts of Facebook groups where people ask questions. You can follow, like I follow Adam Mosseri on Instagram. He gives great tips all the time and he is the head of Instagram. Well, meta now he's all talking about meta versus Instagram, but um, you kind of have to be an early adopter to some of these things. So when Adam Mosseri came out maybe six months ago and said, we don't want to be a photographer's platform anymore. We want to be a video platform. Well, he's giving us the keys to the kingdom. Like we have to all become more comfortable with video because video is what's going to get the best um, engagement on algorithm. And then using tools like hashtags to get better engagement and to have the algorithm share your stuff further. Even though we complain about the algorithm, it's really... Um, you know, it's not just one piece of data. It's lots of pieces of data that are looking at each one of the posts and figuring out who to show that to, how many people to show it to. And there are, you know, kind of complex reasons for why that shifts. Sometimes it's the hashtags that you've used. Um, It's trying to help these platforms get to know who you are. So hashtags incorporate keywords about the things that are important to you so that the algorithm thinks, oh, I want to show this post to more people who care about that same thing. So, you know, it's it's the mix of posts that you're doing. It's the way you're using your words and your hashtags. It's the kind, the format, whether it's video or lives, in addition to carousel posts and regular posts. Um, It's all of that mix and then looking at engagement to figure out what's landing the best. What is the deal with hashtags? Like I thought it went down to two or three or something and then I'm like, maybe we just don't need to use them. So what is the deal with that right now? So hashtags, it depends on the platform, right? So um, Instagram, you can use up to 30 hashtags and you could should use as many as are pertinent to your post. So you all, like the bottom line is you always have to make sure that the hashtag makes sense for the post that you're sharing. Um, but hashtags on Instagram matter a lot. 
And hashtags on Facebook, definitely, I would say, I mean, Facebook changes their mind about hashtags daily, almost, it feels like. But right now, I think it's visual, uh, it's, it's viewed as kind of spammy to use hashtags on Facebook. So I would say none or up to about two. And then hashtags on LinkedIn are great. LinkedIn all of a sudden wants to try this out. When you post something on LinkedIn, it suggests hashtags to you. Sometimes they're spot on, sometimes they're not. So be cautious of the ones they're suggesting. And with LinkedIn, I would suggest that you need to make sure that the hashtags are keyword hashtags. So these are things that people would use to search for you on, you know, so social media for me would be one, not Taco Tuesday. Um, but, you know, don't be afraid to have a sort of master hashtag list and try different hashtags out. A great way to find hashtags on Instagram is to look at other people who you think are rock stars on Instagram. Check out the hashtags they're using and try some of them out if they pertain to your business. Yeah. And go down a little, like sometimes you have to go down a little hashtag rabbit hole because some of them, <laughs> you think they mean one thing and then you click it and you're like, that is not what I thought that meant. <laughs> oh, it's so true. It can be sarcastic, meaning the opposite of what you think, especially totally. in a business. Like if you're posting for yourself in a business way or for a business on their behalf, you need to be really careful of the hashtags. Yes, I've definitely been there, done that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what is it? Um, so like, depending on the phase we're in as business owners, you know, it's probably going to look different for uh, a strategy with somebody who's just getting their feet wet in starting their business as opposed to somebody who's been doing this a long time. So where do you see kind of the differentiation of phases as business owners, like newbie, intermediate, and then like a growth phase? And how can that uh, impact their social media strategy. Yeah, I, I think that if you are, if you have a budget for marketing, if you, if you've been doing the same thing and it's not working, that whole definition of insanity, you're posting a lot and you're just not, you're not getting business. You're not making sales. People aren't commenting. You're not following and you have some money coming in. That is the perfect time to hire somebody to help you with a social media strategy, because that that to me is calling out the fact that you either don't have a strategy or the strategy that you have is not working or you're just throwing spaghetti up against the wall. Um, so there's there's that level where someone is, you know, they, they're making some money in their business. They need to value marketing in that way because it will bring them to the next level for sure. And then if you're on the other end of the spectrum and you're a newbie, I think the best thing that you can do is lurk and try some things out. So, you know, be on these social media platforms, look around at what other people are doing, um, find the things that you really admire and like about another brand. And it doesn't even have to be a brand that's doing the same work that you're doing. It can be any kind of brand. Like I love to follow Arby's on Facebook. They have really funny videos. I haven't looked at them recently, but they, they tend to do really creative, innovative, fun posts. So I follow Arby's. I have never even eaten at an Arby's. Um, so you can look around at what other people are doing and then Try out some similar kinds of posts, putting your own flavor on it. So get an inspiration from what other people are doing and then just try some things out. And Facebook and Instagram have incredibly good insights. So you can look and see what posts resonated really well with your audience versus which ones really didn't, you know, didn't have a lot of engagement. And often it's because you put your own picture of your own face doing your own business on the post. I guarantee you every, you know, I have so many business owners that were like, oh, I hate to see myself. I don't want to do a reel. I don't want to be on video. I don't want to post my own photo. But when they do, it gets 
huge engagement. Everybody loves it because everybody loves the person. Um, so it's, you know, don't be afraid to just try some things out and don't feel like it's all or nothing. You have to just keep trying some things out until you do have a budget to really take it to that next level. Yeah, I I totally agree with just trying it and not letting your fear hold you back from posting. Um, what is your favorite social media platform, would you say, through all of the since, I guess, since 2008 till now? Yeah, I like Instagram the best. Instagram's my fave. I mean, I, you know, I just think it has the most potential for creative use. So I think stories are really fun. I love the gifts and the stickers and the ways you can link to your your offering from from um, a story. I love reels. I love video. I love posting. I love the way people engage. Um, I just, I don't know. I really like the feel and the vibe of Instagram the best. Yeah, I think it does. You, you, you nailed it. It has so many different ways that we can interact with content. And if you don't like reels, you can pass over them. And if you don't like yes. stationary posts, you can pass over them. So I, I, I like that about it as well. Um, I'll just say that my, I don't know what my favorite is out of the two, but I, I love the group aspect of Facebook, but I yeah. primarily use it only for groups. Like I rarely do much else on it except ask silly questions on my personal page because that cracks me up. <laughs> but yeah. other than that, and uh, it's funny, sometimes I'll try something on Instagram and then try it on my Facebook page. And like the two are just worlds different as to the engagement that they get. So interesting. It is really interesting because you think, I mean, often you're, you're followed by or friends with the same people in both places, but they really do have their own kind of culture and ways that they work. And I couldn't agree more about Facebook groups. I really do. Um, I probably belong to too many of them, like I'm sure you do too, and other people, but they are my go-to place for getting advice, even personal advice. Like one of my sons needed to have surgery and I had gotten a recommendation for a surgeon at two different hospitals in Boston. And I reached out to this particular Facebook group, which is an alumni group from where I went to college. And because I, I was like, okay, I really value this group. I'm going to see what they say. And I got so much great feedback. It really helped me. So it's, I think having groups and, you know, really using them in your business life and your personal life is a brilliant way to use Facebook. Yeah, agreed. Um, all right. Where is a good resource that you like to share uh, when people are st wanting to learn more about social media? Like what resources do you tap in to get like the latest and greatest? You said to be an early adopter and keep up with all the changes. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I follow a number of people on Instagram. I like social media examiner. I think I get their newsletter. Um, I surround myself with other people who work in social media like I do, but they just do a little bit different kind of focus than I do. So I learn a lot in that water cooler talk from other people who do what I do, but I just, um, I, I just try to stay abreast of it that way. And you can always use your old friend Google. If someone mentions to you like, hey, I heard this new thing is coming from Instagram, you can search in Instagram, you can search in Facebook, you can search in Google, and often things will come up and you'll see a lot of trade mag kinds of newsletters that will be reviewing what these changes mean. The tricky part is then you have to really parse through what does it mean for you, which isn't mm -hmm. always apparent. Everyone has their own flavor of why they're telling you this change is coming and you have to figure out, oh, it's a big deal or, oh, it's really, you know, business as usual for me. Yeah. I, I love that advice. Um, 
All right, I have a couple rapid fire questions for you and then one more serious one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh so, if you so what l- let me ask you this. What music or song are you loving today? Oh, that's a good question. I there's so much music that I love. <laughs> I I have been I am known to belt out a show tune while I do the dishes, much to my children's chagrin. I <laughs> listened a lot to the Waitress soundtrack and Dear Evan Hansen. I think I know every single word to every song in the Dear Evan Hansen soundtrack. So that's probably what's on my playlist at the moment. Okay. Um, if you could spend time or hang out with any one celebrity for a day, who would it be? You know, I would hang out with Michelle Obama. I'm reading, rereading her book, Becoming, right now, and I just find it really inspirational. And I'm taking a lot more from it that I really relate to as well. Like, I, I am first-generation college student, and I there were a lot of things that I had to navigate, trying to figure them out along the way, a lot of things that she sort of navigated as well. And so I would love to hang out with her. I feel like we'd be best friends. I'm not sure she agrees, but I feel like it would happen. Okay, if you guys hang out, you better invite me, first of all, and then tell her I want her to be on my podcast. Um, One other thing, she has a a journal that goes along with that book, and it's like, it's my dream come true because it's basically like a journal of making lists. And if you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend it. It's just like, it's like a really good way to explore your, who you are. But I will say this as a little perk for the listeners, it also makes for great social media content because you're doing like all these things that you're like basically exploring all of these pieces about yourself and the things you love and the way you love to work. And you can share that message with your people if you want to. I love uh, that. That, that was awesome. a, that was a freebie folks. Um, <laughs> yes. Okay. What did you want to be when you were a kid uh, when you grew up? This is, yeah, it's a little complicated because I'm dual. So I, if it depends on who asked me, I was either going to be a folk singer. I wanted to be Carly Simon or Carol King or uh, a doctor. I wanted to be um, a neurobio, I don't know, like a neuropsychologist. For some reason, I I went to college pre-med and I always say there's a frustrated doctor inside me because I love everything (laughs) medical, but I, you know, I got to organic chemistry and thought, I could take organic chem or I could take anthropology and politics and history. And so I fell in love with all that. But there's a doctor inside of me and I still love to sing. So we are two of hearts. I went to school for community community health education and I also got to chemistry and I was like, no, 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 this will will not do. (laughs) I I finished the major, but I did loved like anthropology and psychology and all of that. So. Hmm. All right. So those are my rapid fire fun, fun questions to, to kind of wrap up on the more uh, serious stuff. And of course, have fun with this as you wish. But um, what is one piece of advice that you would give to any woman entrepreneur today who is looking to improve her relationship with social media marketing? And I'm speaking especially to those people that we know that are like, I just hate social media. Yeah, I think that you know, oh gosh, it's a hard one because I, I think the thing is that if, if you know you need to be on social media because your competitors are on it and you need to crack that nut, right? The best thing that you can do is find a way to be on social media that doesn't make you crazy. 
So I have heard that through the years many times too. Like I hate Twitter. And then I'll think, well, you're a brick and mortar. Why in the world are you on Twitter? You really don't need to be on Twitter. So you may be spinning your wheels and doing things on social media that you really don't have to do where if you kind of whittle down your strategy to a place where you're only posting a certain number of times of week and you're scheduling all those posts on Monday morning and not thinking about them other than engagement for the rest of the week. And you're, um, you know, you're, you're engaging with a partner that helps you create it. Like maybe there's a person that will help you create videos and on a Sunday afternoon you create 10 videos. So that will take you through two months of time. I think there's a lot of ways to be on social media that doesn't have to feel so heavy, but I feel like so many people feel like it's all or nothing. I have to be everywhere doing everything. And so I'm going to do nothing, which is the worst thing you can do. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, And I love bringing in a partner that helps maybe even somebody to help hold you accountable, which I know you do for people too. I do. I do with Jamie Chapman, who I know is part of this organization. I mean, part of our our group as well. But yeah, I need that. We all need it. I've hired copywriters to write my copy before. I've hired, I mean, we can't, it's really hard to get out of your own way. And so anything that you need to do to help kind of inspire you, then it's totally worth it. Um, Okay. So why don't you share with us any services you want to offer, any workshops you have coming up, any way that people can find and connect with you uh, online and and get in on what you have? Yeah, absolutely. So I have two main ways that I work with people. One is one-on-one and one is in a small group setting. So the one-on-one, I call it a VIP experience. It, It takes a few hours and some of it is not done together and some of it is done together. And it's on my website, serendipitysocialmedia.com under VIP experience. And that is for folks who really just want to work with me one-on-one to come up with their, their specific social media strategy and a content calendar that sets them up for success for the coming months. And then what I've done this year is tried to put that into a small group setting to make it a little more affordable for folks where, you know, three, four, five of us will get together and go through that same VIP social media strategy and content creation process. And my goal this year is to offer it once virtually and once in person every month of the year. So I've got one coming up. There'll be one in March, one in April, one in May, one in June, and they're all um, listed on my social media on at Shan Giordano, S-H-A-N-N Giordano um, on my Instagram. I will be posting about it. So and anyone that you know would like to get in touch with me about that, I'm happy to share those dates. Great. And I'll make sure that the link to your Instagram account and also your website are in the show notes so people can find them and just click away. Perfect. Well, thank you. This was so much fun. Uh, I really appreciate you being a guest and sharing all of this knowledge with us. And I know that you have lots more to share. So I hope that people tap into some of those resources that you talked about. Yeah, thank you. I'm always happy to talk about social media with folks and and not for someone to feel intimidated about it or to feel like it's going to cost a lot of money. I'm happy to have a free consultation and chat um, just to try to get you on the right track because it may be that I can help or it may be that I know somebody else who could. Awesome. Thank you, Shannon. Thanks, Emily. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.